Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to the forgotten origins of fairy tales, the podcast where I look into the truth behind our best loved children's stories. And this week it's the turn of Little Red Riding Hood, our first fairy tale that isn't actually a classic Disney film, but it is certainly a well-known bedtime story. It's got drama, innocence, love, deceit, an unusual villain and plenty of death and gore. So where does this tale come from? Though the modern tale was constructed out of elements of 17th century European folklore, which I'll get to a little bit later, like Cinderella, we can actually trace the origins back to ancient Greece in 150 AD. The Greek geographer Pausanias wrote in his anthology A Description of Greece a star named the Hero of Temesa. And this is the oldest version of the fairy tale we love today. In Pausanias' tale, a young boxer, Uthamus, comes across a town by the sea which is tormented by a spirit dressed in a wolfskin. In order to appease the spirit, the town offered up a virgin girl to it every year as sacrifice. The town begged Uthamus to help them rid themselves of the spirit, so the boxer hid in the temple alongside the girl who was sent as offering, and when the spirit appeared he chased it into the sea, where it disappeared forever. And though this tale may seem very different to the version we know today, it introduced the idea of the wolf preying on young women and gave them an air of malevolence not yet seen in storytelling. And the moral tale rears its head again in China in 1644. But in this version, it's a panther and not a wolf a far more prevalent threat in China during the 17th century. This is the Chinese tale. Once upon a time, a widow lived with her two daughters and one young son. One day, the mother turned to her daughters and instructed them to look after the house while she took her son to visit their grandmother. On the way to the grandmother's house, though, they ran into a panther who asked them where they were going. The woman said, I'm going with my child to see my mother. Will you not rest a bit? asked the panther. No, she said, it's already late and it's a long road to where my mother lives. But the panther did not cease urging her and finally she gave in and sat down by the side of the road. I will comb your hair a bit, said the panther. The woman allowed the panther to comb her hair, but as he passed his claws through her rich hair, he tore off a bit of her skin and devoured it. 
Stop, cried the woman. The way you comb my hair hurts. The panther ignored her and tore off a larger piece of flesh from her arm, followed by another and another. Soon there was nothing left of her. The panther then turned to the terrified boy and killed him too. The panther then put on the woman's clothes and laid the boy's bones, which he had not yet eaten, in the basket. The animal then slunk to the woman's house where he proceeded to try and trick the two daughters into thinking that he was their mother and letting him in. But they remarked on how large his eyes were, how hairy his feet were and how low his voice was. Sound familiar? Eventually, though, they let him in. But they soon discovered their brother's bones in the basket and ran into the woods outside. And with the help of three local villagers, the daughters managed to kill the panther using cunning. So here there are lots of similarities between the Chinese version and the modern-day European one. And it's the first time the animal dresses up in female clothing to trick the heroines. So where do we find the gory tale next? Well, because of their prevalence in Europe in the 16th century, wolves became a staple of folklore. And the first recorded myth of werewolves came from France in 1521, when a man chased a wolf, only to be found covered in blood. And because witchcraft was a commonly held belief at the time, the town believed the man had been possessed by the devil and turned into the wolf himself. This myth was so widely believed that outlaws even draped themselves in wolf skin to scare villagers into handing over their possessions. And Le Petit Chaperon Rouge takes inspiration from this folklore. Written in 1697 by the well-known author Charles Perrault, who we've met before, it tells the story of a little country girl, and not just any girl, but the prettiest in the land. Perrault's is perhaps the most recognisable version. A young girl is picking flowers in the forest when she's chased by a wolf to her grandmother's house. The author even introduces the well-known line, all the better to eat you with. And in the end, the child is devoured by the wolf. There's a very clear moral message to Perrault's tale. Young women especially beautiful women, should never talk to strangers as they may become prey. The Brothers Grimm make no mention of the girl's appearance in Rothkapchen, literally translated to Little Red Cap, but instead describe her as simply a sweet little girl. Theirs is almost identical to the fairy tale read to children all over the world, and also the first variation of the story that ends with a rescue, not the grisly death of at least two people, which is unusual for the Brothers Grimm. The young girl is rescued by a huntsman, who slits the wolf's belly open, and both the grandmother and little Redcap come tumbling out. So it's gory, but with a much cheerier ending. So, like Cinderella, the tale we know today wouldn't exist without a rich tapestry of folklore and interpretations from around the world. 
That's all for this week. Join me next time as I look into the terrifying truth behind Hansel and Gretel. And I'm not kidding. It's really disturbing. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please subscribe and share it with your friends and family. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.